You're listening to the HR Happy Hour Show with hosts Steve Bowes and Trish McFarland. Since 2009, the HR Happy Hour Show has been bringing you thought leaders, workplace and technology experts, academics, and more to take on the most important and interesting topics impacting work, human resources, technology, and the workplace. Learn more and listen to all the show archives at www.hrhappyhour.net. HR Happy Hour Show, uh, HR Happy Hour 213. My name's Steve Bose. Trish McFarlane, what's happening? How are you? I'm good, Steve. I am actually uh, calling in from the road today from Arkansas. How are you? What are you up to? I I am not in such a glamorous place as Arkansas. <laughs> I am I'm home in Rochester, New York. Uh, things are well. It's a beautiful spring, um, summer day. I'll call it summer, right? Memorial Day's just passed. Summer, right? We are recording this on uh, it's Wednesday, right? I think. Yes, it's you Wednesday, do? May 27th. This thing, uh, show should post tomorrow on Thursday, I would expect, if the production staff is uh, up to speed back at the Yeah, I hope they are. Back at HQ this afternoon. <laughs> but um, yeah, things are good. So what's happening in Arkansas? Well, that's a That's an interesting place to visit. Isn't it? Well, I have family here, so um, since the kids are officially out of school where we're from, and I know at least even down here the kids are still in school so that we get a little bit of uh, kind of questioning looks when we're out and about, but my kids are out of school for summer, and so um, since I can do the work I do anywhere, I thought what a better way to come down and let them uh, go out and hang out with my grandpa, their great-grandpa. So today, actually right now, they're going down to the White River, and uh, that's just a few it's not, That sounds a little racist, Trish. I mean, is it for everyone, that river? Can anyone go? It is for everyone. Oh, yes, good. Is. Good. Uh, a little fishing. So, fishing with great-grandpa. Oh, okay. love it. What do you, is, is that the kind of river, like, the items you were to catch from it, you would be okay to eat? Is it that type oh, of river? Oh, completely. Okay, good. Yes, it's, yeah. The, good. I mean, you know, the water is clear down here. There's no issue with... Uh, eating what you catch, although I, that's not their purpose. Today they're doing catch and release, however, um, ah, but you could. You could absolutely. Catch and release. But the fish don't know that going in, so that's good. It's still a good battle. They don't know. You know, they don't. <laughs> like the fish in the river when he sees the, the hook and the bait or whatnot doesn't think, ah, oh, you know what, I'll probably, they'll probably just release me. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just have that. I'll have that little bait. That'll be good. I'll get released. I love how you're getting into the mind of the fish. That's fantastic. They must think about it, right? Do, do yeah, fish think? think? I guess that's a question for another know. day. Yeah, we could do a whole. We'll do a whole show on what fish. <laughs> that'll be show. that'll be some compelling uh, podcast right there. So yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. So no, things are good. Uh, home been been out and about a little while. Went to Skillsoft some total event last week. Uh, oh, that's right. Which is a good good bit of fun, interesting event of course, and I uh, had a good time there. And home this week before getting back at it uh, in the next couple of weeks. So it's a, it's a busy time. This is this time of year certainly. It's busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just for got sure. back from London and the uh, CIPD learning and development event. So I did record a podcast there, and we'll get that posted shortly after this one. So, yeah, cool. lots of good good shows this time of year. Good, good, good stuff. So, uh, what else, Trish? You had some news, right? You want to share with the listeners uh, before we I, dive into our 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 list of fascinating topics, of which Trish uh, did not like most of them that I suggested, but that's fine. We'll, we'll carry on. <laughs> No, I do have news. So I am officially working for myself and I guess with you um, to some degree. So 
went to some degree. (laughs) As many of our listeners and friends know, we've sort of been doing um, not just HR Happy Hour, but HR Evolution, um, you know, as as side jobs, not just our day jobs. And uh, now I'm going to be devoting all of my time to um, to doing some of the same things, consulting and advisory, but through um, what we're calling H3 HR Advisors, which the H3 is stands for HR Happy Hour, mm-hmm. and uh, really just providing a lot of thought leadership and you know keynotes, concurrent sessions, webinars, and and the fun thing that we love to do, which is to bring the show on the road to different events and and for organizations. So I think it'll be a fun way to kind of take all the components of of work and what I like the best and and make it my day job and, and have my focus be completely on that. And I have to tell you, the, the, the response has been overwhelmingly positive. I cannot even tell you how many vendors have already reached out and just are excited to, to get started on some projects. So for me, um, all, all good news, all exciting. So a great way to start summer, too. That is awesome. That is really good. I'm excited, too. So uh, it's, you know, we've had a great time doing the show together for the last uh, however many shows, 100 shows. Yeah plus shows, right. and so now we'll get the chance to do some more things, and uh, plus, you know. Just put so, some more rigor around it. Yeah. So it'll be good. It's great. We've got the whole website, the whole name, the whole everything. Business cards. It's, it's a right. whole. People can check us out at h3hr.com. That's right. It's a whole It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. So right. I'm excited about that. I'm excited that it's summer. I have to tell you something. I had a, I, I had a Diet Coke today. Uh, you know, it's hot. You know, it's hot here. Mm-hmm. Diet Coke, open up the Diet Coke, and. You know, just happen to glance under the cap. Did you ever have this happen to you with like like a beverage or food product or something? Underneath the cap, you know what it said? The Diet Coke cap underneath. What? It said try again. That's what it said. Oh no. And I'm thinking like, <laughs> did, did I open this incorrectly or something? Like you were playing a game and you didn't even know. Was it. there? Is it some kind <laughs> of like uh, uh, motivational thing? Like um, try again. You know, oh. no, no, try again. It didn't really work out. Just try again. Am I am I involved in something I'm not aware of? It's like you clearly were. I, now you've got to write about that. That's funny, actually. Like how many ways are there to open a coke? Is what I thought. And then uh, yeah, as, as, it, as, it tur- as it turns out, there was something going on. I was. Right, some contest of some sort that you I, were I, not winning at. I was not aware of, but also lost. And it's, that's, that's probably even worse, right? At least right? it didn't say loser. But right? is it, it is could it, be worse. Yeah, I suppose. But it's sort of bad. I think it's worse to, to, found out, to find out that you've lost when you didn't even know you were competing. Like, I would have been totally fine <laughs> having the Coke and not winning anything, not being aware <laughs> that I could have won anything. And so now, now all of a sudden, I've, oh, I just, I've just lost. I've, I've you know, like now I have to feel bad about the Coke. I think the, fo- you know yeah, what, speaking, awesome. that's going to segue into topic number uh, one, I thought, which is interesting uh, today, Trish. That's a little, little okay. sneak. I thought we could talk about something I saw that was really interesting this week. And I know you probably didn't catch this. You've been busy. You're you're in Arkansas. I don't know what they have down there for. I'm busy being a CEO now. Connectivity yeah. or whatnot. So. <laughs> Uh, we have connectivity just fine here. That's true. We are we are recording the show, but so <laughs> I want to I want to talk to you and ask you about the most valuable brands in the world. That's the Coke thing made oh, me think about. Oh goodness! You're interested in this at all? Like I, I find it fascinating. Like there's a there's a consultancy that uh, I'll get their name here in a second. There's a consultancy that creates this hierarchy or, or ranking every year of the the most valuable global brands in the world. The consultancy is called Millward Brown. 
and they uh, they do they survey millions of people and gets a lot, get tons and tons of data points and do all kinds of calculations about global reach and global awareness and so on and so forth and they come up with the the top 100 most valuable brands in the world. So I thought it'd be fascinating, Trish. If, like you didn't see this, I don't think, right? This article. No, I'm not. No. Follow this at all. So, I mean, I'm gonna. Well, let me. Go what ahead. What do they mean by value, valuable? Are they thinking or, or judging in terms of pure revenue, or is it a, a compilation of factors? You know that, like, so for example, I might think a brand is very valuable for, you know, very different reasons than than revenue, for example. Is sure. Yeah. Really it, based on profitability. It, it, it's a combination of things. Uh, you're going to test me a little bit about how they do it exactly. It's not just. It's not just. It's not the Fortune 500, which is just who has the most revenue. It's not that. It's 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 the intrinsic value of the brand, and they do attempt to quantify that, and they do they do do a calculation based on the size of the company and the revenue and the awareness of the brand and and what people think about the brand, right? Right. So uh, so a company that. I don't know. Like, what's a company that a lot of people like to hate on for whatever reason? Say, um, Comcast, right? Everybody, you know, moans right. and groans about their cable service. So Comcast wouldn't be, wouldn't have that intrinsic value, say, as, as a brand that has uh, more uh, positive associations towards it, right? So that's the idea. So it's it's a little bit subjective, a little bit objective, but I'll give you a little hint. At least in the top ten, the companies that are in the top ten are ones you've heard of, for absolutely sure. So. Um, okay. So let me see. Well, how can we do this and make it fun? So why don't you? We'll do it just a couple of. We won't do this for the whole show. But like, what do you think is the most most valuable brand in the world in 2015? I think it has to be Apple. You think it has to be Apple, and you're right. You are right. Is right. Apple yeah, is number I mean, one. You the can't live without Apple something, right? That's right. And I don't use Apple at all. I don't have a single Apple product. Not at but, all. Uh, I've got an old iPhone. I guess I, I take that back. I still use it for. Um, Listening to podcasts, I listen to the HR Happy Hour show. Quite frankly, on the old iPhone, yeah. so I like it. Okay. But um, yeah, Apple number one, Apple number one by mm-hmm. wide stretch by something like uh, brand, Miller, Millward Brown calculates their brand value to be something about two hundred and forty-six billion dollars or something like that. Some crazy number, and they're number one by oh. a wide stretch. Who do you think's number two? Oh my gosh, you know. I don't know if I can do these like in any kind of order. I okay. Think I so who do you think is in the top ten anyway? Who do you think? I is think the... Nike. I think Nike will be in the top ten. Good guess. Nike's just outside of the top ten. Uh, Are oh, they just outside? Well, quite a bit, a little bit outside. They're twenty-eight. Oh 28. my goodness. See, okay, so I'm already really bad. I've dropped. But I'm looking at the uh, the list here. I've got the whole list in front of me, and we'll link this on the show notes. They are. They seem to be the number one apparel company, uh, at least the highest ranked apparel company of all the companies that are on this list. Okay. Um, so uh, I mean, not, I think obviously Coca-Cola will be in there. Of course, we 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 talked about their great contest right. and how I lost it a few they've, minutes ago. Yeah, they're, they've they're, been a huge brand though for so many years. It's kind of one of those things. At least in America, you know, they're yeah. ingrained. They're num- globally number, too, but number eight, um, number eight on the number, list is Coca-Cola. Oh my gosh. Okay, so Zappos. I think everyone talks about Zappos as a brand. Boy, um, you're you're going deep into Zappos. I, I'm gonna guess they're not on this list at all. Because they're probably not, not big enough. I'm looking. I'm gonna have to go down to I page just, two you know, there. Maybe we just hear too much about them. Okay, I do not. Fine. I do not uh, see Zappos, but but the parent of Zappos, of course, is on this list. Uh, fairly uh, fairly high. Amazon.com is number fourteen. On the list. Okay. What about like a Walmart? See, I feel like people have such negative 
Yeah. Stereotypes attached to Walmart. Are they Walmart, one of the biggest companies in the world, biggest employer in America, I think, uh, at least in the private mm-hmm. sector, number 26, Walmart. Okay. Yeah. So but like McDonald's. McDo- McDonald's. Good one, Trish. Top 10. They are number 9 on the global mm-hmm. brand value index. We'll do a couple more real quick, and then we'll talk about some yeah, of the rest of the list. Hard. Um, there's, how about tech? You haven't really – you mentioned Apple. There are quite a few other tech companies that rank very highly on this list. IBM? IBM, number 4. Yes. Still a lot this of brand value, really, even though they've had yeah, some hard, really uh, some hard challenges in the last couple of years. I love this kind of stuff, and it's a great list. And, and we'll, again, we'll link out to the link in the show notes. The company that does this is called Millward Brown, and it's Millward Brown, and it's called Brand Z, the top 100 most valuable global brands in 2014. I'll give you a couple more in the top 10, Trish, and then we'll. Yeah, why don't you tell? Yeah, you tell us. I'll, I'll just run down the number 10, the 10 real quick. So number 10 is Marlboro Tobacco. Oh, really? I know, shocking, right? Marlboro number 10. McDonald's, we mentioned number nine. Coca-Cola, number eight. You got that one. Verizon, number seven. Oh, okay. AT&T, number six. Yeah. Visa, number five. Oh, interesting. IBM, number four. Microsoft, which you didn't mention, number three. And Google, which you didn't mention as well, number two. And Apple, of course, number one. So really interesting. Obviously, some of the world's largest companies, most important companies, most influential companies. Trish, I'll give a shout out to you. One of your local companies in St. Louis, Budweiser, number 33. You know, on I was the brand ask value you index. If, that was, if Anheuser-Busch was on the list, because again, it's sort of like, you know, it, it's had some negative hits in recent years. So you just wonder if that's still very. Yeah, and from you know, our – Hopefully it's an outstanding brand, obviously. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting things on here. Let's just you know, take it down. One more thing I wanted to mention, just in our little corner of the world, in the HR and the enterprise technology part of the world, two, company, on there? two companies on the list. Ultimate is not one of them. SAP comes in at number 24, oh. a big, global, huge brand still, and Oracle at and 44. Oracle. Yeah, 44. Yep. So those are the only two that are sort of directly in our space that I noticed in my quick scan of the uh, okay. of the list of 100. A couple of the uh, the big system integrator companies are in there too. Accenture's number 51. I think PwC is on here somewhere too. I'd have to find them. But um, you know, yeah. so oh, LinkedIn. LinkedIn is the other one. 85. LinkedIn is 85. Okay. So there you go. I I just I, I look. I think this is fascinating. In addition to, I'm going to write it. So, write about this, I think, in the next couple of weeks. In addition to sort of identifying um, the brands and their value and just kind of ranking them and coming up with the table, the uh, this report also gets into the future of brands and positioning of brands. It's fa- I find it really fascinating. Again, this goes back to the whole – I wrote about this on HR Executive last week or a couple of weeks ago, this whole, you know, the HR as marketing and the implications of HR taking a more – kind of marketing uh, approach to how they do their work. And uh, I, I just, I love this stuff. I eat it up. So anyway, that's the top uh, top 10 brands. And, uh, uh, you know, some great stuff in this report um, about building and sustaining value in brands over time. So anyway, thanks for playing the game, Trish. It was fun. I uh, enjoyed it. get a prize? I mean, where are the prizes here? Uh, okay. Yeah. I, I guess I, you know. I could try again, right? <laughs> oh, we forgot to mention, Trisha, at the top of the show, we have Ben's book review coming up before the show's over as well. Ben Eubanks, yeah, book review number so two. He reviewed I a book. I love having Ben on the show. He reviewed a book called How to Spot Frenemies, Underminers, and Toxic People in Your Life by Wendy Patrick. So we'll have the Ben's book review as well on the show on the show today. So good stuff. So this is HR Happy Hour number 213, Wednesday, uh, May 27th. My name's Steve Bose. Trisha McFarland is here as well. We're just hanging out. We're chatting about brands. I, my, 
Topic number three, Trish, you didn't like, so I guess we'll skip that one. I, 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 I liked it. I liked it. It's not that I didn't like it. I just think, you know, we can't talk about everything in one show. We need to save something, so All right. we'll All save right. that. I think I could have a whole show dedicated to that particular We should episode. do a show about that. We should find so, – so for the benefit of folks who don't know what we talked about prior to starting the show, uh, I mentioned maybe we should talk about John Nash, who was killed tragically, sadly, last week along with his wife in a taxi accident. And you know, when I read the uh, the thing, Trish, I remind I was reminded of something you told me once, which is always put your seatbelt on in the back seat. I don't care what kind of a car you're riding in, it's a taxi yeah. or it's a limo, and that's what happened to the poor John Nash and his wife. They were in the back seat of a taxi and crashed, and they both were thrown from the taxi and, and sadly died. And, yeah. You know what? It's because no one does. We don't put our seatbelts on in the back seat of those cars. Right. It's the craziest thing. Right. If you've learned nothing from listening to the HR Happy Hour podcast today, and, and it's likely you will have learned nothing, you will, hopefully you will remember uh, that that piece of advice to buckle up in the back seat, which is right. very very sound advice. So well, I, I came very close to possibly losing my life in D.C. not too long ago, about a year. It was actually a year ago, in in a taxi. And thank goodness my taxi driver was an amazing driver, um, and saved us. But yeah. I did not have a seatbelt on, had never thought of it until that moment, and now I wear it every single time. So. Yeah, I'm down with the seatbelt. I'm a seatbelt guy. Yeah. Like, who's, who's not putting on the seatbelt at, at this point? Like, who's choosing not to? Such a strange thing. Uh, you know, I think it's the backseat thing. Even even if I'm in my own car, you know, like with family or something, if I'm in the backseat, I don't necessarily put it on. Um, but I do think, you know, taxi drivers, too, they kind of tend to zip in and out of things. They maybe drive a little more hectic than the rest of us. and. Mm-hmm. So maybe you are at a larger risk. I'm not sure about that. That's just my thought. But, yeah, I definitely put it on now. I will say that Yeah. every single time. So we're going to talk about John Nash. We'll save it for another show. But yeah, the reason why was not only you know was he a great scientist, Nobel uh, Prize winner, he was also the subject of a movie many people saw, apparently Trish didn't, called A Beautiful Mind, which had Russell Crowe as the star. And it was all about he kind of had some mental, uh, uh, yeah, sort of mental illness problems that plagued him throughout his career. But just a genius and created all kinds of interesting uh, theories around game theory and negotiation. And and, I, and the reason I wanted to talk about it too was I just wrote about it like a week and a half ago, just oddly enough, out of nowhere. I referenced this mm. guy in, in a blog post. So we'll, we'll come back to John Nash and the Nash I'll watch program. the movie and then – You should. It's a movie, Trish. Even I've seen that movie. Oh, fan. That's really why. It had nothing to do with the topic. It was not a big Russell Crowe moviegoer, but I will – Certainly, so I'm a big believer that actors should should bring like an element of their most famous roles to every other role that they play. Like, really? Yeah. So like when Russell Crowe's playing this mathematician, you know, beautiful mm-hmm. mind guy, like he should also just somewhere in the movie like bring in, you know, the gladiator guy. Like at some oh point, God. you know, like you know, scream and just smash something. Yeah. You know, there should be some Which kind. Which I have of... also not seen. Again, not a Russell Crowe. Gladiator. Oh. <laughs> God. I know it's awful. How come Russell Crowe hasn't started making superhero movies? That's another thing, like that interesting. Yeah, he he's sort of he's kind of disappeared, right? I mean, when's the last time, like you said, oh man, let's go catch that? I have that. not missed him. Let's go catch that Russell Crowe movie. Like, I, has anyone yeah. said that in the last decade? I, I'm thinking I no. Probably not. No. He should. How come he didn't become like Thor? You know, he should have been, right? It's oh, just uh, didn't really work out for Russell. Need a new agent. I'm, I, I, speaking of movies, though, we did the whole Oscar show, which is still one of my favorite shows we've done this year. Mm-hmm. I, and I haven't been to a movie since, or I have well, maybe since <laughs> I saw the, A Beautiful Mind. But um, right. yeah. uh, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm digging the Entourage movie. I think I might have to go see that. I must see that. Yes. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I saw the. 
the preview today, and I just absolutely have to see that movie. I, I was a fan of the show, I have to admit. I like those guys. It just seemed like a good, you know, the bro pack and all that. Oh, I, yeah. I, I bought and it. I love Jeremy Piven in anything. I could yeah. watch him just stand there and breathe, probably, and I'd be... He's, well, I'm a huge Mr. Selfridge fan, so um, I just... They just... I don't know what that is, but I bet it's good. So it's um, a show about my. It's actually about uh, the gentleman who started my very favorite um, department store, which is in London, Selfridges, and it was an American who started that store uh, over a hundred years ago. But anyway, Jeremy Piven plays Mr. Selfridge, and so uh, gotcha. kind of a period gotcha. piece. Um, but it's a funny show. It's on PBS. Masterpiece ah. Theater. Now that I'm really an adult and I watch Masterpiece that. Theater. Yeah, I don't know Highbrow if I'm. Humor. I've qualified yeah. to watch that channel. You have to pass some sort of a test, right, online to in order to I unlock did, that yes. channel. I, I aced it. It did not. I did not get ah. try again. Ah, it was. For you. It was yeah, try again. It's like me and the coke today. <laughs> so, all right. So this is what we'll do, Trish. Uh, I don't know when Entourage is coming out. I think it's soon. So after it comes out, go see it. I'll see it too, and we'll 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 do an I Entourage. We'll do an entourage, like we'll do a Siskel and Ebert style entourage movie review. Like once whatever it. we do in the next show after which we have both seen that movie. We'll we'll, we'll squeeze perfect. that we'll squeeze that in. So okay. So what else, Trish? What else do we want to talk about here on Nature Happy Hour Show? It's been a little bit of a while. What else has been happening? We've got loads of things. I I'm going crazy with China. We're doing HR Tech China next April. Some folks might I have heard that. that. That was officially announced. So congratulations. Yes. To both you personally, but then to LRP for um, for pulling that together. I think that's going to be very exciting to have HR Tech China and and very exciting for any of the uh, Americans that get to go over and and help with that. I think it'll be brilliant. Yes, and my piece of advice to the Americans who who plan on going over for it is start your visa application early. Good lord, <laughs> I was I've been working on that today and it's challenging. Um, it's like five pages long. I'm I'm about on page three point five or something. It's uh, I'm oh, grinding wow. my way through it and uh, uh, looking forward to engaging the uh, uh, help of a, a Visa Express service company to help me get this done. But yeah, I'm going over there in July to see the venue, meet the local partners that we're working with on producing the event, and and just get a and meet with some of the companies that are out there. Many of the HR technology companies that we work with here in the U.S and that are a big part of HR Technology USA, of course. Also have presence in that part of the world, in China and the greater Asia-Pacific region. So we'll be having some meetings out there with many of the uh, the folks out there to get a, you know, get a good feel for what's going on in that region, issues companies are facing, what's on the mind of HR people in, in, in that region. You know, it's difficult to it, – it, it, it's easy, I think, Trish, to kind of say – um, well, what we're worried about here, what we think about here, or what I feel like are, are the general themes that are important. It's easy to kind of assume those are important all over the world, and that's probably not true, or it might not be true anyway. So. Uh, oh, I think it's not true. Yeah. yeah. I so, think anytime I travel, in, you know, it the the ideas are very different too. Even if the even if the concerns are similar, just the approach is often so different in the thinking, and so you learn so much when you go to any other culture and find out about how they're handling business issues and how they're tackling some of the same people problems maybe that we have here, but their approach will be completely opposite of what we might do. Yeah. So I, I think, I think it's going to be a really interesting kind of uh, trip. We're going out to, uh, uh, to see the, the venue and, and uh, try to quite frankly, pay a little visit to Macau. I think there'll be a side trip involved. Uh, oh, very good. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that's the, like the Las Vegas of, of the Asia-Pacific region, so I'm excited about that too. So uh, good stuff, and uh, that's coming up. So I, I've been working on that a little bit. Of course, work on HR Tech USA. Coming up, our agenda, knock on wood. I don't have any wood nearby, but um, agenda should be posted next week. Um, you and I are doing a session, our own version of the HR Happy Hour at HR Tech, which is going to be loads okay. of fun. We've got some great uh, panelists lined up and great guests lined up for that. We'll figure out a way, hopefully, to record it as well and make that available to the HR Happy Hour podcast listeners as well, who may not be out at HR Tech, but uh, we'll make sure that happens too. So that'll be loads and loads of fun. So I'm excited about that. So I'm keeping busy for sure. Um, in, in addition to trying to figure out how to squeeze into squeeze in a little bit of fun this summer, although I'm not sure when and how I'm going to do that. Right. It sounds like you're very busy with work. Oh, I know. I'm so important, Trish. It's quite quite the thing over here. <laughs> quite the operation well and you know it's funny because usually summer is sort of a slower time but i feel like there are so many events now going on in summer so you know we have global force coming up in june so i'm excited to get to go to that one and uh and see a lot of the people that we know there a lot of the other analysts will be there and um you know gosh we're also just planning uh for hr evolution that's you know it's going to be here it'll be november before we know it so i feel like there there's a lot going on right now yeah no, I, I'd agree. I'm hoping to get back over to London, actually, maybe even in July and September um, for some more CIPD events. And then also um, True London, which is in September. So if people have not considered going to that, Bill Borman puts on an amazing event in uh, early September, and they should check that out online as well. Cool. Yeah, good stuff. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think I think summer in particular probably is really the time where um, – if you're sort of bought into this whole idea of work has changed and, um, you know, work-life balance is not really, you know, there's no such thing anymore. It's just a kind of constant back and forth and back and forth or, or you're trying to achieve, Trish, almost like a quote-unquote Nash equilibrium. You like that? You like that? I worked that back in from our, our friend John Nash. But if you're trying to achieve that kind of equilibrium between your work and your family and your friends and your you know, leisure and all this. I mean, the summer is when it really comes to bear, doesn't it? It seems like. I mean, it does. It you're does. down in Arkansas with family, with kids, going to the, you know, pulling, you know, crappies out of the river, you know, and at the same time <laughs> taking conference calls and recording podcasts like an hour later. And it's really, I mean, I guess this is it. I mean, I know people have talked about it for a while. There's an article on Fast Company last week that made the rounds, but. I mean, is this it, Trish? I'm not sure I'm happy about it. I have to tell you. Is it? But is this how we live now? Is this? This is it. This is work. And well, you know, I think that the people that are in maybe some of those roles where they have to be somewhere, you know, visible with FaceTime for from nine to five, um, they sort of resent that. You get, it gets very routine, very mundane. You know, you're you're doing an hour drive each way or whatever the case may be. And we've talked about commuting before, but you know, so I think the the hope is that you always could have some job that's more flexible. But obviously, with more flexibility, then you're available. Um, what seems like 24-7. For me, I think the key is that once you've done it for a while, because I've been working from home on a full-time basis now for a year and a half, and I think that it gets easier over time if you're someone who can really figure out, you know, when to when to stop working. So yeah. for me, I love it. I have that flexibility. You know, I can go out to breakfast with, with my children. Um, I can schedule meetings throughout the day or evening as I see fit. Um, now, it means sometimes I work on the weekends, but you know what? Honestly, I grew up in PwC, which great place to work, definitely by far, no complaints there. But, you know, we were putting in 60, 70 hour weeks always. And so right. I worked on the weekend all the time. So when I look at my course of my career, 
um, doing what I do now and having much greater flexibility, I'd rather have that any day. But a lot of people aren't able to sort of adapt to that either. Yeah. You have to be, you have to be very driven and very motivated um, to keep yourself on track whenever you do work from home, I think. Yeah, there's a couple things uh, I thought about, Trish, as you were, you were talking about that. Is one, one thing is just a little bit of side. You know, I feel like the guy who got screwed in all of this, in all of this change, is, do you remember Liebrand? Remember that guy? No. Who's so that? before PwC was PwC, it was Coopers and Liebrand. Do you oh, remember that? Oh, my goodness. What happened to Liebrand? So. He just got aced out, right? No, I mean, he was like the guy, right? It was Coopers and Liebrand. There was Ernst and Young, Coopers and Liebrand, right. Arthur Anderson. Yeah, Librand just is gone. Like, uh, does anybody remember Librand anymore? So here's why I I yeah. personally do not, and here's why because I actually was one of those people that got hired by Price Waterhouse mm. right as they were doing that merger, right, and or or acquisition, whatever. I don't ex- remember exactly how they classified that now. Um, I think it was actually an acquisition, but um. Yeah, so when when he retired and went away, of course, the Coopers stayed, but it was very interesting. I remember starting working there, and I was very, very young and, um, you know, bright-eyed and fresh-faced and all that, and people would ask, like, even if you called the help desk or something, they would say, are you PW or are you Coopers? Mm. And you had to sort of identify, and I was very confused. I'm thinking, well, I'm PWC, but I guess I'm PW. So it was right, right. it was very different culturally. It was like taking two opposite cultures and trying to mash them together. And so sure. I yeah. was very much a PW person, um, <clears throat> not a Coopers and Librand person. So. Right. Well, neither was Librand. Apparently, he was mashed right out of there. He was mashed into into nothingness. So too bad for him. But the the other thing uh, that I thought about when you were talking, Trish, is just that that the challenge is that. Uh, it's it's easy to kind of say, well, we just you have to fit work in around all the other things in your life, and it's ubiquitous, and it, it, it's it's always with us, and and that affords us great flexibility to do some of the things that you mentioned, like go to breakfast with your kids, or go to the mm-hmm. doctor, or, or other things you get to do. But at the same time, it puts sort of enormous challenges, I think, on management to sort of understand that, and also on I think on on family and friends too, because one of the things I've noticed. Uh, from working from home a lot, and I have worked from home a lot myself, is often, because not the whole world works this way, right? And and you right. may have people in your life <laughs> who are still in that really kind of traditional uh, method and, and structure of work, eight to four, nine to five, whatever it is, they, they, they get up, they go to a place, they finish up, they come home, right? And it's very kind of compartmentalized and it's very clean, whereas you don't have that, right? So you're home all the time and you're so, but they sort of equate that to, well, you're always available for them or for the kids or for, you know, go take the dog to the vet or whatever the case may be, right? There, I think sometimes the people in your life also need to be coached up and trained that, hey, just because I'm working from home and I'm in my pajamas, right, all day doesn't mean I'm available to you and all of your needs, right? I, You know, I'm working too, essentially. I think that's important and it's sort of underlooked kind of a element of this too. Yeah, you're right. That is that is something right up front you have to establish. And it, t- it does take a while. You have to be very almost forceful, I think, with people. You know, now I'm to the point where, like today, for example, you know, my, my kids took off and went down to the river and, and they know it's because mommy's working. And so I'm here by myself and, you know, and that, that's fine. But yeah. Sure, this is safe. It sounds like a little Tom Sawyer-ish what's going on in Arkansas today, Trish. Like, yeah, I've just uh, <laughs> sent my kids down to the river. Catch a mess they're of fish with, and uh, with their great grandfather. So, uh, yeah, let's it's hope. a little tense, you know, but um, let's hope you know, we all fun. come back with like you know all the fingers intact. Right here. Like, 
if nothing else, if this was the only benefit of working from home, it is worth it a million times over because the fact that my kids even have a great grandfather that knows them, loves them, understands them, and is physically able to to go out and do things with them without me, I think is amazing. And and how sad would it be if I had to be sitting at home in some office somewhere from nine to five with my kids at some sort of a camp or babysitter? Instead, they can be down here having a whole relationship with their great grandfather, and I can still be here back at the house, you know, in a good environment getting work done. So, right. to me, it's, it's, it's worth more than any money could ever make up. Which is good really. because uh, uh, that's uh, that's about what we're earning for the show. No money. So awesome. So oh, uh, oh thank you. So um, had I well, won on now? Wait, just we'll give a little teaser here. We do have new sponsorship for the show. So. Um, very, very soon. I'm going to tell you what. I'm extremely excited about that. The HR Happy yeah. Hour rolls on, and, and, and which is awesome. So, um, yeah, great, yeah. great, very we exciting stuff coming up. I didn't want to talk about that, but very big announcement coming up soon on, on HR Happy Hour sponsorship and more big plans for the HR Happy Hour, including, I hope, in the future more, as Trish said earlier on in the show, is us getting the HR Happy Hour show back out on the road again because I'd love to do a live yeah, show yeah. soon. We've got to figure out where to do it. We'll do something at Sherm. Uh, you know what? We'll sit down. At, we'll, we'll both be at Global Force, so we'll record something there, of course. We'll record something at Sherm. And, um, but, yeah, I'd love to get back on the stage and do something live in front of a live audience. Again, that would be a lot of fun. So, um, yeah, it'll be great. Maybe we should do that for our Sherm presentation, Trish. We should just do, do the show instead of doing the presentation. I love it. Let's do it. Why don't we do that? Let's because do I got to tell you, it's nobody from Sherm is going to hear this, I'm sure. So I got to tell you, I think I'm <laughs> sort of done with the let's present at Sherm thing. Like, mm -hmm. I, I mean, this will be our third one, I think. Is that right? My fourth, yeah. Yeah, well, I've done, I did one without you as well. So no, our, you did one without me, yeah. But the, our third together, fourth, I, I did one other one as well. Yeah. I, I feel like, God bless him, I feel like I'm done with it. I, I kind of do. So maybe we should go out yeah. with a bang. Like on, on, on okay, the let's do it. Let's work on that. So, all right. So let's um before we wrap up, let's get uh, Ben's book review, Trish. Let's slide that into the show, and then we'll come back and wrap up the show. So Ben Bubanks, our friend, HR evolutionary, upstart, upstart HR, did a great uh, recorded book review for us. The book is book is called Red Flags: How to Spot Frenemies, Underminers, and Toxic People in Your Life by Wendy Patrick. I love the title of this book, Trish. I feel like I need to read this book. I could tell you that already. I want to spot some frenemies. So, um, oh, yeah, I think it's, yeah, I can't wait to hear his review. I think it'll be fantastic. So, uh, good. So, we'll cut to Ben. This is like a two and a half minute review, and then Trish and I will come back and wrap the show. So, Ben Eubanks, take it away. Hey, this is Ben Eubanks with another great book to share with you today. If you missed our last book review, check out episode 211, the NBA playoff preview show, where I talked about the power of thanks. So last time I focused on employee recognition, very positive topic. Today we're going to focus on the dark side of HR. The book is Red Flags, How to Spot Frenemies, Underminers, and Toxic People in Your Life by Wendy Patrick. The author's a lawyer and prosecutes some pretty awful people, and over time she's learned how to spot those red flags that we often miss at first glance. So a few quick hits from the book. One of the, one of the associations she makes is one that we're, we're all familiar with. We all know the advice we shouldn't go shopping hungry. So why are we looking for employees to solve problems only when we really get desperate to start looking for those? It's important for us to kind of plan ahead, set our expectations, and focus our efforts so we don't end up with subpar results or one of those uh, underminers that, that uh, she talks about in the book. So the other thing, the FLAG, FLAG, is an acronym. Uh, 
as a side note, every business book I've ever read has some sort of acronym in it. If I started collecting and actually using those things, I probably never speak actual English. Anyway, so FLAG, F-L-A-G, stands for Focus, Lifestyle, Association, and Goals. If you want to know more about someone, especially at a deeper level than, hey, how's the weather or how you doing, you need to look at some of those things. Look at what they focus on. Look at their lifestyle choices. Look at the types of associations they make with other people. Consider the goals that they have. Those sort of things are going to tell you more about a person than any outward appearance and might be valuable tools from a recruiting perspective to think about gearing your, your questions around those things. The key factor here about this book is the worst people aren't the ones that look bad right away. We're naturally, you know, we naturally shrink back from those kind of people. The worst ones are the ones that look great just before they attack you behind your back. So logically, it makes sense. If someone looks different, we put up our guard. If they're comfortable, familiar, that's when we run the risk of letting our guard down and possibly getting in trouble. So while I believe in looking for the best in others, we are bound to run across some people that need some further examination. So if you like reading about dramatic court cases, if you want to learn more about how to examine people at a deeper level, or maybe you're just trying to protect yourself from the frenemies and underminers in your life, I recommend checking out the book Red Flags by Wendy Patrick. All right, good stuff, Ben. Thank you, buddy. Loved it. Love that. I want that book, Trish. I'm on it. I think I'm on that Absolutely. book. Absolutely. I'm on that book, and thanks for Ben for doing that. I love Ben's book review. Trish, speaking of, 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 of contributions to the show, we, I'm going to throw this to you. You're the CEO now. You need to talk to mighty Matt Stalick about where is Matt Stalick's Matt Explains Things segments we're waiting for for like two months. Where, where are they? We, we will have to contact him and ask. I think he needs a little talking to by you. Probably. <laughs> He's a little busy with the end of the semester. But we'll see care. if we can manage to get one in June. <laughs> weak stuff, weak stuff. So let's get on that. We'll get we'll get on that stock for that. So all right. Anyway, Trish, let, let's go. You go back down to the fishing hole. Take care of what you need to take care of. This has been loads of fun. So thanks for carving out a little bit of time uh, from 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 family and kids to do this tonight. Appreciate it. Very good. Good stuff. So all right, that's it. Anything else? Any last words? Probably not, right? HRHappyHour.net. Yeah, we've covered it all. Yeah. People Go can check out the site. We have the updated site live, and and definitely uh, reach out if if they have any HCM needs. Right? Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Go to iTunes, uh, uh, HR Happy Hour to subscribe, or on Android, your favorite podcast app. I like Stitcher Radio. There's a million of them. We're on all of them. Download, subscribe, be a part of the show. Uh, any questions? You want to be on the show? Send an email. You can send it to me. Uh, or the show, hrhappyhour at gmail.com will work. Send one to me or to Trish. Get in touch with us. Tweet us. We're all, Trish, we're all over the Twitters. The HR Happy Hour Twitter account is. We are. It's like lots of people follow that, which is exciting. We've got the Facebook. we got the LinkedIn. i got all the things, all, all the things. So um, uh, please do follow us on HR Happy Hour. And we will we'll see you next time uh, from the HR Happy Hour Show. Trish, you have a Thanks for listening to the HR Happy Hour Show. Your source for information and conversation on work, the workplace, technology, and more. Learn more and listen to all the show archives at www.hrhappyhour.net.